We are born free. And we will die free. The time in between, though, that's complicated. In that time, governments, institutions, and our egos will limit our ability to find true freedom in this life. These are real stories of real people overcoming the odds, persevering in justice, and unlocking their potential. Welcome to Finding Freedom. Here's your host, John Oderman. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Finding Freedom right here on the Lions of Liberty Podcast Network. I can't believe it. It is, you're listening, as you're listening to this now, Christmas is over. I'm recording this um, on the 23rd before Christmas, but by the time you hear this, Christmas will be in the rear view. We'll be looking forward to New Year's celebrations and looking forward to the start of 2023. Just, just incredible. I mean, the, the older I get, the faster these years go by. But I just wanted to wish everyone out there, uh, before we get to the interview today, I wanted to wish you all a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year, all of that good stuff. Hopefully, everyone is getting some time with uh, with family and loved ones to celebrate. And I want to get to this interview quickly, and I'm excited about it for you guys to hear this. Uh, I'm going to be interviewing Chad Davidson, um, who is the host of one of my favorite Christian podcasts. Uh, it's a Christian podcast that really focuses on the battle going on in this world between good and evil. Highly recommend um, checking it out. It's called The 511 News. We'll talk about the podcast. We'll talk about um, Chad's backstory as we get into it. But one more thing, I have to remind you. I have to remind you this, guys, or I would I would not be doing you justice. I would not be sharing with you all of the good things that, uh, that are happening at Lions of Liberty. You're running out of time to uh, capitalize, to take advantage of the annual savings, either um, joining for the first time ever the Lions of Liberty Pride uh, at an annual rate and saving 15%, which is double. Um, our, our normal savings for, for an annual rate, or upgrading from your whatever your membership is now to an annual uh, subscription and saving that 15%. It's going away very, very soon, probably at the end of the year. So take advantage of that now. We've had a lot of people uh, take advantage of it recently. So don't want you to miss the boat. With that said, let's get into today's interview with Chad Davidson. Okay, we are live to the Lions of Liberty Pride, and uh, you'll notice no video today, um, just here in the audio, and I'm joined by Chad Davidson. Uh, Chad is a, a former atheist who came to faith in Jesus as a result of viewing Pastor Joe Schimmel's DVD, They Sold Their Souls for Rock and Roll. He's the host of the Good Fight Radio Show, director of social media at Good Fight Ministries, and has served as the blessed Hope Chapel's youth ministry leader since 2012. He's also the host of a popular weekly podcast called 511 News, and that's where I know Chad from, and that's why I reached out to him. I am a, a big fan of the of the 511 News, so a lot of the topics that we'll probably be talking about today uh, are probably mostly um, you know previous uh, content for his uh, for his episodes. So, Chad, welcome to Finding Freedom. Hey, bro! Thank you so much for having me, man. I'm I'm excited to be on here and chat with you, bro. It's gonna be gonna be awesome. 
Yeah, thanks for thanks for coming on and uh, and making the time. Um, I, I know that you're you know in the car here. You, you had a uh, your your wife. You said your when you say your your wife's sister had a had a baby yesterday or today today. Yes, I am literally outside of the hospital. I have not met him yet. He literally was born. My wife woke me up at 3 a.m. She was going to head to the hospital and she's like, nope, he, he came out really fast. So we'll have to wait till the morning. So I'm going to go get to meet the little guy. Uh, that's fantastic. Good stuff. Good stuff. A Christmas baby. Everybody loves a Christmas baby. <laughs> amen. Amen. <laughs> All right, Chad. Well, let's let's start out. Um, I know you have you know a, a pretty, uh, pretty awesome story yourself of how you came to become a Christian. And just so my audience can maybe get to know you a little bit better, if you'd, if you'd want to share that with us. Yeah, I'd love to, man. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. I'm still here in Simi Valley, which is the town I grew up in. And, you know, growing up, I lived in a, a nominally Christian uh, household that was just by name only. And basically what that meant to me was, hey, we're Republicans, so we're supposed to be Christian. And we didn't go to church. We didn't read the Bible. I think I went to church a total of five times from the time I was five years old until I actually came to know Christ. And, you know, I had a, a, you know, a vain sense of morality that was dictated by what I chose in terms of what I viewed was right and what I viewed was wrong. That was obviously going to be dictated by the people around me. So, you know, I definitely thought that homosexuality was wrong, but things like fornication and drunkenness were completely fine uh, because those were habits of my family. And so there's nothing wrong with it. And uh, over the course of time, when, you know, I was a team captain for my wrestling team and I was in the newspaper all the time. And I, you know, I guess on the surface, I was a good, nice little whitewashed tomb uh, where you would think I was a pretty good guy, you know, easy to talk to all that stuff. I was a great talker, but ultimately I was so far in distance from the one true God and had made an idol, uh, made it, made a God in my own image that I worshiped. And eventually I had a few things not go my way when everything used to go my way. And I got a, into a, a car accident where I car, tra- trashed my car. I trashed somebody's house, hit, hit a tree, a car, a house, a mailbox. And even wow. somehow in my drunken stupor, ran over my own arm uh, by falling out of my car while it was rolling down a hill. And all of a sudden, I, I had a DUI on my record. I was just living a life of debauchery. And I had a couple of friends that were from my wrestling team that would reach out to me. And they stopped partying with me. I partied six to seven days a week. I still worked my jobs, but that's what I was doing. And I was completely a drunkard and I was uh, now, I needed it. I had to have alcohol and those kinds of things. And if it wasn't for uh, a brother in Christ, um, now, now I can call him a brother, but at that time, a guy from my wrestling team who had come to know Christ and then shared the gospel with me and then gave me that video that you mentioned in the beginning, they sold their souls to rock and roll. At the time, I was so into death metal and I was front row for Slipknot concerts and Ozfest. And I was, that was my, that was my game. I wanted that. I wanted to be a pro MMA fighter. I wanted to get really angry and beat people up. That was what I was all about. And my buddy gave me that video and I couldn't get around the reality. I couldn't get around the reality that I wasn't just simply a moist robot. I wasn't just dancing to the beat of my DNA and neither was anyone else, but there's actually a spiritual reality there are demons. There is a devil. Those things are actually real. The same Jesus Christ who died a public death on a cross, on a cross, 
on the walkway into Jerusalem who rose again on the third day publicly before over 500 people. This isn't people just talking inside of a cave but the, and, and coming up with some idea of what God is. This isn't somebody talking to a salamander in a bucket or through an, a rock at the end of a, you know, inside of a hat, but that over 500 people witnessed the resurrection. Somebody who proclaimed that he would die, proclaimed that he would raise, he did it. And he was the same one who was exercising demons. He was the same one who talked about that the, that, that the devil is the father of lies. And I realized that, wow, this is all true. And it was the words of Jesus in Matthew 12, 30 that ultimately convicted me. And the Bible says that we are saved by grace through faith. It's a gift of God, lest any man should boast. And I, I recognize that, but it also says that that faith that we are saved by comes from hearing and hearing the words of Christ. And if I could pinpoint the exact time where I said I need to give my life to Jesus Christ, it was hearing Matthew 12, 30, the words of Christ, when he said he was not with me is against me. I knew that I had been against him for the first 20 plus years of my life. And I knew that I needed to get on his team and stop being on the losing team. And I got on my knees. I remember I had a tongue ring in, not to condemn somebody that has a tongue ring, but I had it in there for uh, obvious reasons that were for debauchery. And I got down on my knees. I took that thing out. The next morning, I bought a Bible for the first time. I went and read that Bible for the first time. After I got through the genealogies in Matthew, I felt like this every word was just pounding off of the page and hit me in the forehead. And I ended up calling my friend saying, hey, I just gave my life to Christ. What do I do now? And he said, hey, we go to church. We're going to church on Sunday and that's where you go. And that was pastored by Pastor Joe Schimmel. And by the way, I'm standing or I'm right out front of the hospital. And the very guy who gave me that video, my old wrestling teammate, it's his son who was just born. He ended up marrying wow. uh, Pastor Joe's daughter. And then after m my discipleship and sanctification, I ended up marrying his other daughter. Um, many years later, a couple years later, after I had come to know the Lord, she would have never have been with a loser like me before I came to New Christ. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that's, that's my story. And uh, well, it's really God's story. And I get to be a trophy of God's grace in an unworthy man's uh, life. That's amazing. Thank you for uh, for sharing that. And you know, my my story is much much different than yours, but similar in in, in a lot of ways. I I think my my path to Christ um sort of I, I drug it out over over time, and you know, a, a lot of those same things same things that that you struggled with, um, you know, alcohol and different things like that. Um, I, I you know made justifications for that uh, along the way. And you know, one thing growing up in I, I grew up in a Presbyterian church, and in the Presbyterian church, they never really talked about um, really evil, demonic um, activity in this world. They didn't really talk about Satan a lot. And you know, it, it's something recently, and you know, one one avenue being your podcast, where I, I've learned a lot about you know it being in embedded throughout our world. Um, Satan and, and, you know, these, these demons are, are active everywhere. I'm kind of curious because you've kind of, you know, made a podcast around that, around, you know, really bringing, showing pop culture, um, showing celebrities, you know, really for, for what they are. Um, how did you get, get drawn into that? How did you get started really with that, uh, you know, sort of message? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. One of the, the reasons, and if I could summarize why I kind of made the podcast, one, because Joe asked me to, but number two, 
um, the, the truth was, is I worked in the secular field for, you know, most of my life and I love, I actually love working. I am a, I, I don't want to say I'm a workaholic. I don't, I, or anything like that, but I love working. I really do. I love, you know, the, the Bible says very clearly in Genesis chapter three, that part of the curse is that we're going to work for the sweat off our brow. But I think that most men, when they put a good hard day work in, they sleep really well at night. And so I've always loved working. And one of the things that I noticed when I was in now saved and going to work is that a lot of people in the workforce, they have no hope. And the Bible says always to be ready to give a defense for the hope that is within you. And I thought, you know what, I need to always be ready. And I want to share the gospel with these guys and these girls that are at my work. I want them to know Jesus too. And so I made it my effort to say, you know what, I'm going to share the gospel no matter what. Now, one of the things that people go out and share the gospel, a lot of times people think that means I have a presentation that I memorized, that I saw online, maybe a good Ray Comfort video or something. And now I'm going to present this to somebody at work. And that may work. And I do believe God will work in somebody who's earnestly and, and really trying to share the gospel that way. I think he will use anybody with whatever information they get. The woman at the well in John chapter four, Jesus witnesses to her. And basically she goes back to her town and all she can say to them is, this man told me everything I ever did. He's not the Christ, is he? And then the whole town, once Jesus comes and all of them end up coming to Christ. So I said, man, I think God can use anything. But the one thing that I noticed that was, I guess the most fruitful was when people recognize, hey, I can come to chat and bring up information, that stuff that's going on, and he can give me his perspective. And a lot of times that's sharing the gospel is sharing your perspective and your worldview because that's what someone else is doing. So when people would bring up news stories that were coming up, I remember uh, there were date setters at that time. I mean, there always is, sadly enough, but I think it was Camping, Harold Camping was his name, uh, and he was setting a date that Jesus is going to return then, and somebody comes up to me, and then I show them, you know, I, I explain to them, no, the Bible's really clear, clear that even the Son of Man, he didn't know the day or the hour when he was here on earth. I was like, you're thinking this guy knows the day or the hour, you know, these date setters and whatnot, and I noticed, oh, they, they, they don't mind talking about this when they bring it up. And so my goal with 511 News was to take, and that's what we try to do every single week. What is the top stories? Well, what are the top stories of the week? And how can we take it and do what 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 says, and bring it captive to the obedience of Christ. Any speculation and lofty thing brought up against the knowledge of God, take it and put it into captivity with Christ. And so the goal of the show is to do that. And as you mentioned, like you grew up, in a Presbyterian church. I think that most churches, and you know, it, it's kind of interesting because one of the things I talk about a lot is the pendulum swing that happens in so many different areas of influence or the pendulum swings that happens in theology where people will swing so far one side or the other where it's like, hey, there are some people that all they talk about is the devil and that's what they make everything about is Satan. Mm -hmm. uh, not recognizing the flesh and the world is also your enemy, right? And, mm -hmm. and they, they forget that part. And so somebody goes, well, we got to be careful because we don't want to be lumped in with the crazy people. And so they go, well, we, we just won't talk about it too much. But then I realized there are a lot of people all the time that are dealing with the enemy. And that is a prerequisite for so much of the letters when we read the scriptures, when it talks about the marriage and how we're supposed to wash our wives in the word, how we're supposed to make sure we don't give the enemy a foothold in, in the book of Ephesians. And we talk about ch like childbearing and so forth and raising your children. That's where we get these explicit statements of spiritual warfare. Um, when we go to Ephesians chapter six and you get the armor of God, 
that you're supposed to put on, the shield of faith you're supposed to have to take out the fiery darts of the enemy when he's shooting them towards them. And I think so often, if people don't know the enemy that they're going against, then a lot of times they're not ready for the battle that's going to come. So many people can be believers for so long and they're like, whoa, I'm having doubts all of a sudden. Why am I having doubts? And they're not recognizing even where the arrows are getting shot from. So they don't know where to put up their shield. And so my goal is to take all these stories and also say, let's have a recognition of spiritual warfare, but also a recognition of how the enemy has no chance against Jesus. Like when we look in um, the 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 epistle to Jude, he made it very clear that not even the archangel Michael would bring up a railing accusation against Satan. And we think about, even when we look at Michael wrestling with Satan when it comes to Daniel's prayers and the book of Daniel and all these things, and yet not even he himself who wrestled with the devil would even bring up a railing accusation, but rather said, the Lord rebuke you and know that we in ourselves, as Jesus said in John 15, that apart from him, we can do nothing. I have no power, but recognize the actual enemy that's there and recognize your only shield that you can put up is a shield of faith that's powered by Jesus Christ. Amen to that. Um, Someone that that you've talked about uh, on the show, on your podcast, who, who honestly, before that, I, I had never heard of, um, you know, maybe, maybe that's, that's on me, but Alester Crowley, who is, who, who was a, uh, a Satanist and has had a lot of influence on, on pop culture, on movie stars and, and, and in music. Um, can you tell us a little bit about who Alester Crowley is and, you know, maybe some of the influence that, that he's had? Oh man, that, that, that is a great question because Aleister Crowley has influenced so many people and they don't even realize it, you know, in psychology, well, I'm not a big fan of psychology, but nonetheless, they call it framing where so many people, whatever they're around kind of frames the thinking, uh, or, you know, in some cold, they might call it the milieu of a university and so forth, or just the time frame that they're in. And so much, we are so affected. Uh, by the teachings of Aleister Crowley that have been propagated and moved by so many people that have permeated our culture into a way that as Timothy Leary, the defrocked Harvard professor who ran for uh, the presidency here in the United States, ran against Ronald Reagan in California, where I'm from, uh, he actually had a saying called Come Together that was turned into a song, a campaign model by the Beatles uh, come together. It's a, it was actually their the first song on Abbey Road, one of their most uh, best, I think it's their first album that sold 10 million copies. And Timothy Leary made it very clear on a PBS interview when he sat down and said that he was heartbroken that a Lester Crowley, that he wasn't alive in order to see all the glories that was started from his work, from the things that he taught. And to give you an idea, he had a, a maxim that is called do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. It's exactly a representation of the antithesis of saying, not my will be done, but your will be done on earth Mm -hmm. as it is in heaven to our heavenly father. And it's supposed to blaspheme against him. This is a man who would take frogs and put them on makeshift crucifixes and then claim that he had the power over Jesus as he crucifies him, as he crucified frogs. This guy was a sick puppy. In the footnotes of uh, one of his books, he talked about the thousands and thousands of of this uh, human sacrifices he had done. And a lot of times he was 
equating those to young, innocent, aborted babies, actually. And that is still a common practice. Abortion is seen as sacrifice. In fact, that's been an argument for keeping abortion uh, for Satanists that have made those claims now today. Uh, Anton LaVey, who was the founder of the Church of Satan in San Francisco, do what thou wilt, shall be the whole of the law, is all over um, um, his writings and so forth. And he made the claim and he dumbed down Satanism to make it look like you were just being rebellious and, and loving nature and, and all of this stuff. But when he let his hair down, it was very clear that Anton LaVey really did believe in a literal Satan. And in fact, Pastor Joe Schimmel, he actually interviewed Susan Atkins and Susan Atkins is one of the women who murdered Sharon Tate, and she was convicted and spent the rest of her life in prison until she passed away in prison. But she ended up coming to Christ while in prison. In fact, one of the things she said to Pastor Joe and his wife, who used to go there and minister to her while she was in prison before she passed away, was that she tried with soap to clean off her sins and was bleeding from scratching herself um, from trying to clean off the sins of the things that she had done. And that was when the gospel was made clear to her that only Jesus Christ, not that Joe and Lisa did, she already had come to faith before Joe had met her, but that was when she realizes she could only be clean, cleaned by the blood of Jesus. But she said so clearly to Joe that Anson LaVey absolutely believed in a literal Satan. And Aleister Crowley, in his book, Confessions, which is his autobiography, and this was written towards the end of his life, and he said quite clearly that he believed in the doctrine of the church. He believed in what the church taught, what the Bible said, the scriptures from the Plymouth Brethren, which his father was a pastor in, a uh, minister in. He believed all that, and he said, I simply went over to Satan's side, and to this hour, I cannot tell why. He said he wanted to be Satan's chief of staff. And just to give you, I've already dropped a couple of names uh, with mm -hmm. Timothy Leary and the Beatles and uh, the Doors, for example, Jim Morrison, you can see on their album in, in the inlet of the album, you can see a bust of Aleister Crowley that they're all sitting over. Uh, Led Zeppelin had Do What Thou Wilt blazoned on their records. Uh, he's, he, in fact, Jimmy Page bought um, Aleister Crowley's house on Loch Ness. I mean, over and over again, I could show you in ancient, you know, these uh, rockers that were into a Lester Crowley, um, Ozzy Osbourne had a song called Mr. Crowley, talked about how he was a phenomena of his time. Guys like Alfred Kinsey, who his laws came into place and changed so many of the laws. Some of the stuff that's going on with transgenderism right now, homosexual laws in terms of getting uh, marriage to be legalized and so forth comes from Kinsey's research, which was completely a joke. He was interviewing people in prisons, asking if they slept with men and then claiming it was part of the people here on earth. He was using, uh, use, it's disgusting, but Alfred Kinsey was having child molesters rape children and then claiming that when they vomited and stuff that they were, ah, it, it's hard to really get into because it's gross, oh my God. but Kinsey, Palmeroy, his oh. lover, they went out to Loch Ness. There's a picture of them with Kenneth Anger, and they're looking uh, with Kenneth Anger. There's a picture of them looking at a picture of Aleister Crowley. These guys changed, I mean, so much of what we're going on, what's going on in the United States. In fact, this is what's crazy. All these links back together. I'm telling you, it always goes back to Crowley. It's very <laughs> interesting how Satan used this man who was willing to be used this way. And then you look at Playboy, 
right with Hugh Hefner, and he believed that he was making popularizing Kinsey's work, which they just put a giant statue of him at Indiana University. This this pedophile pusher, they they um, Playboy, he believed was would be a popularized version of his research. So that dumbed down people. Now everyone has basically any pornography you want at your fingertips at all times with their phones. It is pretty radical. But then even artists today that are following Aleister Crowley. I watched, I was in the mosh pit before I was saved with the band Devil Driver. One of their songs is Do What Thou Wilt, Crowley's Maxim. I mean, you can find a picture and actually one of our biggest videos you have uh, that we have on um on our YouTube channel at Good Fight Ministries. And you can see our video on Beyonce, Sasha, the Super Bowl and Satan. And you can see Beyonce's husband, Jay-Z, with none other than Do What Thou Wilt across his chest. And he also wrote a song called Lucifer, where he said Lucifer had a righteous cause for sinning. And he even said, I never read the Bible. I don't even know where I got that. Well, I know where I got it. The spirits gave him that. And then you can look, and we just came out with two parts. Uh, we have two parts out. We're working on the third part. It's going to be a seven-part series of Marvel and DC's War on God. And writer after writer, their influence of Aleister Crowley, guys like Grant Morrison, who tells people you need to do the practices of magic from Aleister Crowley. You have to practice these things because they work. But you have to be really careful because you can get possessed. I mean, you could just Alan Moore, who V for Vendetta. Um, I mean, he's got all these writings. These are two of the top writers, and they are openly following Satanist Aleister Crowley. And in our latest video, part two of Marvel and DC's War on God, we show that the character known as Doctor Strange originally started as a character known as Doctor Droom, and Doctor Droom, without a doubt was made in the image of Satanist Aleister Crowley. And even Dr. Strange, some of his stuff, uh, the Sanctum Centorium, uh, where he does all his magic, uh, guess who also had the Sanctum Centorium? Aleister Crowley. I mean, it, the picture, if you type in Dr. Droom and Aleister Crowley, there are picture after picture where they literally take famous pictures of Aleister Crowley and drew them into the comics. I mean, I could go on and on, but yes, Aleister Crowley has permeated our culture and he was literally hell bent on bringing in the Antichrist, and he thought he was actually going to get to be him. It's it's just it's crazy, and he, you know he's you said that he understood, um, you know he understood the Bible, and he even I think you said he, he even believed it, but he he chose the other side, knowing if he understood the Bible, knowing that that's the side that that loses. I mean that's that's not, not the winning side. Um, it's 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 just so so crazy when, when when you start getting into this stuff. Um, I, I did want to ask you. So I meant to mention mention at the top that the docu series that you have, Marvel and DC's War on God. Where can people watch that? Yeah, you can go to marveldcexposed dot com. Uh, you can check it out there. We we have everything you can do online. We also have DVDs for both of them now, uh, and you can also all, anything that I mention. You can always go to goodfight.org. We keep our our regular website up and and ready to go at all times too. But yeah, marveldcexposed.com, exposed.com. Okay, thank you. And a couple more things I wanted to get to here. I know we have a we have a time limit, but I did want to talk about Elon Musk. Um, arguably, maybe it's not even an argument at this point. He's he's probably the most influential person in the world right now. Um, 
he's he has said some some things about Christianity, about you know Christianity having good morals, and, and him him agreeing with you know you know some of the, some some of the morals, the, the golden rule, and and, and whatnot. Um, and, and then he goes and, and dresses up on Halloween as uh, as as Lucifer. Um, you know, th- this is a guy that, that also is leading the charge um, with his uh, with his chip, his microchip company, the uh, Neuralink. I was forgetting the name for a minute, where he's really leading the charge to to merge humans and and artificial intelligence. So, what what are your thoughts on all of this stuff, everything that's going on with with Elon Musk? You know, it it is really interesting, and you had mentioned he actually. That, that was even recently that he responded to Kanye West when Kanye West was, you know, saying a lot of very strange, strange things. One of the things he said to him was Jesus taught love, kindness and forgiveness. And he said, I used to think that turning the other cheek was weak and foolish, but I was the fool for not appreciating its profound wisdom. So there has been a sort of development in that regard where you say, OK, there are some good things that he's saying. Uh, it seems like, like you said, Hey, I used to think that was a dumb concept, but now I'm starting to see how profound it is and so forth. And he did, he really liked, and I, I think they were a big reason why he bought Twitter. Funny enough, weird stuff, but the satire page Babylon B, which, uh, they, it is owned by Christians. It was originally Mm -hmm. owned by Adam Ford. Um, and then he sold it and it's owned by a, a number of Christian guys. Uh, one of which is Seth Dillon, who I do believe is very earnest. I think he really does love, love Jesus. I think there are some things that are, um, you know, uh, untactful, I would say, um, I would say unbecoming of believers to joke about some of the things they do, but nonetheless, I do believe he, he does know the Lord and they actually had Elon Musk before he bought Twitter or anything, they had him down for a show. And one of the biggest disappointments I've ever had was watching them joke about the gospel with him. That's probably, I was like, man, it's gonna be a really hard time to even laugh at any of your jokes because they said, you know, could you do us a favor and just, uh, you know, could, could you say this sinner's prayer and, and give your life to Jesus right here and and said it completely joking. And he wasn't mm. really given a, a true representation of the gospel there. And I was quite, quite disappointed because, I mean, let's be honest, how many times are you gonna have an opportunity with somebody, uh, you know, who has that sort of influence to actually share the gospel with them. I couldn't imagine, you know, you think of the apostle Paul before King Agrippa. He's like, are you going to turn me into a Christian right here? And he's like, yeah, I wish you would turn into a Christian. I just wish you wouldn't have to wear the chains I'm in. And it's like, that's the kind of thing that we have somebody of influence right there. And it's like, Hey, you have a chance to share the gospel. So I was really disappointed to say the least. And some of the things that he has chosen, and you mentioned his Halloween costume that he wore. Heidi Klum always does this giant, the model Heidi Klum, uh, formerly with the artist Seal, she always does this giant uh, Halloween costume thing. I'm really, really, I'm an anti-Halloween guy, but but it's always some weird stuff there. But of course, Elon Musk decided to dress up, as you mentioned, as the the costume is $7,500. Now for him, I'm sure that's like me losing a quarter, but nonetheless, you know, it's $7,500. He's wearing a costume that says the devil's that is literally called the devil's champion. And so I look at that and I go, wow, this is really interesting. But to make it worse, once he bought Twitter, he switched his profile picture from the, from whatever picture he had before into his picture of the devil's champion with a Baphomet 
blazoned across his chest with upside down crosses. It's a fully satanic uniform. But even in all honesty, even all of those things, I think, man, that's kind of weird. You know, why are you doing that? But when I see the company that he keeps, and I think that says a lot about you. Uh, a lot of people have said, if you want to know what your children are going to look like uh, in a few years, see see what their friends are like. And when I look at his friends, it's very interesting to me because I look at the people he's chosen to have children with more recently, including uh, a woman no- known as musically as Grimes. Her name is Claire Boucher, but she's known as Grimes. And I looked at some of her music videos. Now, this is a woman who, for the purpose of an art exhibit, sold her soul. Yes, you heard that right. She sold her soul. And then she has a song like uh, a song called Genesis. And it has over 75 million views. She's out from Canada. And in this song, Genesis, she has a music video. Like I said, it was 75 million views. And on this music video, she is in a limousine with a snake wrapped around her neck. Kind of interesting. Then towards the end of the video, she's controlling a flaming sword going back and forth, reminiscent of the song's title, Genesis. Genesis 3.24 said he drove the, the man out, and at the east of the Garden of Eden, he stationed the cherubim and the flaming sword, which turned every direction to guard the way of the tree of life. She has a song, a more recent song, I think it's one of her latest singles, called New Gods. And in there that she says she only wants brand new gods, and only those brand new gods can save her. You know, I look at that with Grimes. Uh, Azealia Banks was another artist who live streams herself cleaning out where she sacrifices chickens. I mean, she's a witch. She's a real witch. And according to her, uh, Grimes tried to set up Elon with her to hook up with her. And she was really upset with her because I guess she doesn't hook up with white men, she says. And she was like, how could how could they? But I'm like, this girl's completely demonic. And then even Amber Heard as well, somebody who's been in a relationship with James Franco, who, you know, was played in uh, the Spider-Man series, who is openly has done music videos with Satanist Kenneth Anger and done complete satanic rituals, is demonic. And he's just one of the other guys, along with Johnny Depp, who admitted he was possessed by multiple demons throughout his entire career, plays music on a in a disgusting band with Marilyn Manson and others. I mean... To see that these are the kind of women he chooses to sleep with, to have children with, it made me say, huh, maybe there's something a little more. And you mentioned some of the IA stuff, some of the internet, um, the the intelligence stuff there, mm-hmm. the artificial intelligence, AI, I'm sorry, the artificial intelligence there, the Neuralink and all of this stuff. Like when I see that and one of his biggest points of contention, I watched video after video of him talking about this, was not that it was happening, that people you know, were having these... Um, you know, artificial intelligence and, and what it can do. But he was worried about the hands they would get into. And it's always interesting when someone's worried about that and then they offer their hand as uh, to do something. <laughs> so yeah. that's where I go, okay, let's at the very least for my Christian brethren, when we see, oh, look, he's championing free speech and all this stuff. And we see that and we go, okay, this is good. And don't get me wrong. I'm well aware God used King Cyrus to bring about judgment. God, God can have a servant that is a non-believer. King Cyrus of Persia was obviously a um, was a pagan, and God can still use him. I recognize that, but it doesn't say to us, "Hey, let's just take whatever Cyrus says. <laughs> let's not just do whatever Elon Musk says." But I think he's a guy that definitely needs to be prayed for 
He's a guy that definitely needs a true gospel presented to him. And if he rejects it, so be it. But let's give him that gospel. But let's also not link up arms with those and just say, oh, yeah, we, you know, we can be co-belligerents together because we all have the same cause. Because I think there comes a place where you get unequally yoked with a non-believer and you're doing the exact thing where God says, come out of their midst and be separate when that's what we're called to do. Yeah, it's it's certainly a uh, certainly a confusing situation with uh, with Elon Musk, and definitely something to uh, to keep an eye on. Another guy who is who's come almost out of nowhere in the past year. Not that Elon came out of nowhere, but is his seems like this this crazy influence he's had is is pretty recent. Um, another guy is Andrew Tate, and Andrew Tate also you know very influential, especially with with young men. Um, you know he's he's real. Really, um, focusing on speaking to the audience of young men who feel like they've been, you know, pushed down by society. A society doesn't value masculinity, and uh, you know, he, he, the thing about Andrew Tate is he he does say some some good things. Um, not necessarily not necessarily Christian things, but good things from uh, you know the stance of, of being principled and, and, and working hard, things of that nature. But then he'll choose he'll choose to uh, ignore. Um, other morals and, you know, talk about having multiple women and uh, being greedy and, and having pride. Um, so w- what are your thoughts on on Andrew Tate and the influence that, that he wields? Yeah, it, it is interesting because you had mentioned, uh, you know, there is a problem. Let, let's let's just be real. There There is a legitimate problem that manhood in our society has been pushed down you know, being a man, the sad thing is he doesn't have a biblical manhood. So to him, being a man is sleeping with random women. To him, being a man is smoking cigars and drinking uh, top quality liquor in his Bugatti, uh, you know, or flying about or, or whatever it may be. Um, but there are some things that he talks about working hard and, 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 and all of that where you go, okay, there, there's some good truth there and there might be some truth in this and that. But really the fly in the ointment is a couple of things. One of which, as you mentioned, uh, the debaucherous lifestyle that he that he practices. And I was already concerned when it came to that because I knew a couple of people that were watching him thought mostly thought he was funny. And I'm like, hey, guys, let's not get involved in coarse jesting because some of the things he's saying to women are pretty is pretty grotesque. We got to be careful about that. And I disciple a lot, of, a lot of young men. So I that's one of the reasons I have to pay attention to the things that are coming up on social media so that I go, hey, man, let's let's not let's not be uh, let's not be attaching ourselves to one of these guys. And I saw a lot of different things that he had said that were wrong. And as you, as you mentioned, but in more recently, I find two things interesting. One, he has converted to Islam. He even went on the, the um, Islamic apologist, Muhammad Hijabi, went on his show to talk about his conversion. And most of the reason he says that it's true is that it will be the last religion because ultimately uh, Muslims, if you make fun of Uh, If you make fun of Muhammad, you get beat up or killed. And he really likes that. Uh, He doesn't like the fact that Christians actually do turn the other cheek. And in fact, when a recent guy who was a protagonist against Andrew Tate mentioned that he was going to mock Jesus's birth, um, he said, yeah, and the Christians won't do anything about it. And it's like, yeah, I'm not going to go kill someone. That's not what our religion teaches. That's what Islam teaches. Because when I find the history of the church, specifically the early church, and you see uh, the things like the early church father Tertullian writing in, in the third century, when they're trying to kill the Christians and they are killing them, 
he wrote, wrote back to the Romans and basically said, do you not realize this foolish attempt? It's not going to work because the blood of the Christians is the seed of the church. We don't convert people to Christ because we mow them down and murder them. That's what Islam does. That's just a reality. And uh, Surah 9, uh, verse 5, and, and other verses as well, it does a thing of abrogation, where anytime you see a peaceful verse in the Quran, it actually abrogates all those other verses because this one came last. And what it tells us to do, not us, but tells Muslims to do, is slay and enslave all those who do not believe in Allah until they are either dead or pay a tax or convert. I'm sorry. They either convert to Islam or pay a tax. Uh, that And that is an abrog that law abrogates anything that comes before it that is peaceful. And this is what Andrew Tate supposedly is signing up for. Big problem is He's still living a debaucherous lifestyle, is still posting drinking, which is completely forbidden in Islam. And he is also talking about how he'll only sleep with women that are not vaccinated. And people are like, hey, I thought you converted to Islam. What's going on here? And the fact is, is that he's just he was probably looking for a nice big audience. And there are a lot of Muslims in the world. And so when he was getting kicked off of all these you know, social media posts and TikTok and whatever it may be, uh, and getting banned there, he figured he needed a new audience. But, but yeah, I, I'm always concerned about people's influence when it is contrary to the word of God. And I don't think Satan lo is looking at somebody who has an influence like that on young men that may say enough of the truth, uh, just to get you enticed by it and then keeps you away and astray from the Lord. And then when he converts to Islam and say it's true because it's going to be the last religion because ultimately Islam is going to kill everyone else. I think when I look at that, I, I say to myself, okay, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Unfortunately, I know, uh, I know a few Christians who have gotten wrapped up in uh, really following Andrew Tate and, you know, everything that he says, which is, uh, which is unfortunate. So that's why I wanted to, uh, to get your opinion on him. Unfortunately, we're, uh, we're pretty much out of time here, Chad. Really want to thank you for, uh, for coming on the show. And, you know, I will say that you know, these, these few topics that we talked about today, um, you know, Chad hit them quickly in 10 to 15 minutes talking about each one. Um, he's a, a you know, full podcast or multiple podcasts on, on most of them. So go over to uh, 511 News and, uh, and check those out. Um, Chad, before I let you go, if you can just give one more time, if you can plug um, anything you're working on and let people know where they can, uh, where they can find you. Yeah, no, I, thank you so much for having me on. It's actually been really, really fun to just to chat with you on here. And you know, you can go to goodfight.org uh, for a lot of our stuff. But our, our biggest thing is um, Good Fight Ministries, our YouTube channel. That's where we have all the shows. You can also get our podcasts anywhere they're found. And, you know, Lord willing, if you ever have me back on, I'll make sure we have it on video. Uh, that'd be great. <laughs> all right, Chad. Well, thanks for coming on and uh, enjoy that Christmas baby of you, your new nephew. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. God bless you, brother. All right. Same to you. God bless. All right. Thank you for listening to that show today, to that interview. Hopefully, um, it helped you. Hopefully, you know, maybe you learned something new. Um, maybe it helped you to think about the world in a different way. I realize that not my entire audience is, uh, is a Christian audience, and, and that's okay. Um, what I like to talk about here on Finding Freedom is, you know, mostly, not mostly, but partially, you know, the things in my life that help me to find freedom. And I want to share those things with you. And those things are 
our health. Those things are um, you know, finances, entrepreneurship, business opportunities. But most of all, to the maximum, uh, it is my relationship with Jesus Christ. And for a long time, you know, I didn't really talk about that in the podcast realm, but uh, those days are over, you guys. I mean, that's that's who I am. So, uh, you know, obviously, not episode, not every episode is going to be focused on uh, on Christianity, um, but you know, some will be, and uh, you know, like always, some will be focused on entrepreneurship or health or you know, sharing stories of individuals overcoming tremendous obstacles to find freedom in this world. So that's what you can look forward to in 2023. I'm looking forward to helping you make 2023 the most free year in your existence. Um, With that being said, guys, I thank you for your support. Please go check out Join the Lions of Liberty Pride, patreon.com slash lionsofliberty, lionsofliberty.locals.com. Two ways to join. You get all our bonus content. You get discount in our Lions of Liberty store with all the great merchandise that we have. You can visit that store and check that all out by going to lionsofliberty.store. And that's a wrap. (laughs) That's it. That's all I have. Thank you, everyone, for making this another great year on Lions of Liberty. I'll see you next Monday. This is John Odermatt signing off. Always remember to keep your head up and the fires of Liberty burning.